0: Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 37.
1: And today's episode is sponsored by the Money Mastery Class. So if you're not familiar, the Money Mastery Class is a five-week group coaching program that I run about once a quarter. And our next class is actually going to be running in January. We're going to open up enrollment in the next few weeks. And basically, this entire class is set up to help you finally build a budget that's going to help you build your dream life. Uh, We work through my acronym, the D-R-E-A-M budgeting process and we have a whole episode on that you can find a link down in the show notes below if you're curious but if you are at all interested or want to learn more about the money mastery class i would love for you to sign up for the wait list you can go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash mmc and sign up to be the first one to know when we open up enrollment in just a couple of weeks All right, so today's episode is going to be us um, kind of just documenting our process and how we're thinking through all the different purchases that we're making for our house and how we're thinking about our renovations and just basically all the money that we're spending. And, you know, when you buy a house, it's easily the most money that you're going to spend in your entire life. It's, It's one of the most expensive purchases that you can make. And so a great deal of thought should go into how you're doing it, where you're spending your money. Are you getting the value out of it that you're hoping to get out of it? Um, This is definitely not something you want to make on a whim. And so we're hoping that by us just sort of, you know, showing you behind the scenes of how we're thinking things through. Uh, it might be helpful for you when it comes to making large purchases in your own life.
0: And I think it's a good reminder for all of us that, you know, that quote, like planning is everything, but plans are nothing. Yeah. I definitely think we we put a good bit of thought into the house that we bought and how we were going to tackle it and all of those things. But we've had to continually readjust yes. um, as the process goes. So our plans now look nothing like our plans when we first started.
1: Yeah, they they've they definitely changed um, quite a bit. And I mean, you know, it's not so drastic that we're scrapping everything, but the order in which we are buying stuff, the order in which we're attacking this renovation uh, has changed pretty dramatically in some ways. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't even really call it a renovation at this point because like we're really I mean,
1: we haven't torn anything out or anything.
0: Yeah. And like what we do tear out right now is going to be very super minor things. Like we have like a little room divider thing, like right when you walk in the front yeah. door um, and like the the wooden valance things like over windows and stuff. So that's really the only thing that we're going to be tearing out to start with. Like we're not going to be doing. It's not any- a huge
1: overhaul. In the first year.
0: Correct. Like, yeah. we're not tearing down walls right now. We're not overhauling the kitchens or the bathrooms or anything like that. Like, we're doing very, like, Botox-level renovations. Sure. If you will. Okay, so to start out, why don't you give us a quick rundown of how we originally thought we were going to be tackling things in the new house?
1: Yeah, so we initially thought that we we wanted to start with the outside. Not a ton on the outside, though, at first. We just wanted to paint the outside of the house. That was it. Uh, And we thought, hey, that's, you know, relatively low cost, high impact, changes the whole look. We just had to pay for the paint. Uh, And then we'll move inside. Yeah. And then when we get inside, we'll just start room by room Mm -hmm. and we'll just attack the living room. And then we wanted to move to, you know, the bedrooms and the office and then move to the bathroom, then move to the kitchen, kind of room by room by room, just really do what we want. And then go back outside to like do landscaping. Kind of
0: make a spot for the airstream. Yeah, Do
1: everything, everything outside that we're really wanting to do. And so we kind of thought through this room by room approach and because we work from home and because of just the way we do things like for us, when we got inside, it was, let's get the the living room together. And then as far as I was concerned, like we're going to go to the office next, you know, and then some of the bedrooms and then bathroom and then we'd leave the kitchen actually for last inside yeah and then move outside so that was that was our initial plan and so that's what we kind of started doing.
0: We were initially planning to not touch the kitchen until we could like tear down walls, get new cabinets, retile, do all of that stuff. Yeah, really
1: do everything. Yep. And I think it's important to say too, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we're very blessed and lucky in that my dad is a a contractor, right? He builds custom homes for a living. And so in the first week of us having the house, my parents came down to visit and my dad um, drew up Our house plans as it stands and kind of helped us think through, Okay, if you if you could wave a magic wand and make this whole kitchen living room area exactly what you wanted, here's everything you need to do. And we basically realized like, oh, well, that's expensive. And so we're not going to tear down walls and do all that stuff immediately
0: well yeah because we had thought like okay well we might go ahead and tear down the wall and then maybe a couple of years after that really hardcore redo the kitchen but if we we have hardwood floors in this house in most of the house the kitchen has tile Um, but if we tear down the floors then we're going to need to like patch the floors and then we're going to be into like needing to have all of the floors refinished and it doesn't make sense to do that until we're ready to have all of the floors refinished and we also have a garage. It used to be a garage. The previous owners closed it in, um, and it has like laminate flooring out there. Yep. And so we eventually, it's a it's a large space, but right now it is it's divided it's really very strangely. Awkward.
1: It's a very awkward setup.
0: Yeah, and and basically it's just storage and a laundry room out there right now. Um, but like I said, it's a lot of space. So eventually, we want to take that and turn it into a really nice master suite. But that that will entail laying hardwood floors out there, yep. too, to match the rest of the house. Um, and so, again, we don't really want to do any of that until we're ready to kind of do it all.
1: Right. So our, our our dream house setup will be, like, just from a budgeting standpoint, um, is not going to happen for some years. and. You know, we save to buy the house and then we have an initial budget to sort of do what Hannah's calling Botox with the house. Uh,
0: It's just like DIY, repainting, refinishing, you know, all of the stuff that we can do ourselves.
1: Yep. And then eventually, as we save up more money, we will do our hardcore renovation at some point down the road. But for now, um, everything that we're going to talk about, probably for the rest of this episode, you can probably think through it as, as more that Botox level, like what stuff that we can do um, that... You know, is going to make a big difference, um, but doesn't require rewiring everything or something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Well, and the other thing is, like, when when we do redo the kitchen and um, one of the bathrooms at least, there are some like water spots like in the yeah. foundation. So we're going to go down. Is it called the decking? Is that as? Yeah, you got to go.
1: We got to go down to the decking and then probably crawl up under the house and replace do some, some, a few things some down there. there. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, like, again, we don't want to like retile and like redo all these things until we're ready to go down to that level. Yep. And like, you know, let's fix the, fa- like, we don't have any major foundation issues, but just things that when we do renovate, it makes sense to address yeah, them. I
1: mean, it's a 50 year old house. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes time to do that, we'll, we'll need to to go to that level.
0: Yeah. Um. One of the takeaways that I want to like insert here is that I've been pleasantly surprised, kind of as as we've um, I guess progressed through that plan of of going, you know, okay, we're just gonna come in and like leave this and like save up money and then come in and like really tackle it with a major renovation. To no, we're gonna do this Botox DIY level thing, live with that for a few years, and like really save up and. Have it where we like it and enjoy it, but we'll really make it what we want it to be down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I've been glad about is that it really gives us time to live in the house and figure out what we actually want to do. Whereas if we say we were going to get a construction loan right now and like totally overhaul things. I would really kind of feel like I was doing it blind. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't really feel like I knew what we wanted and uh, how it would function and well I, for and us. I think,
1: I think maybe some people who've lived in houses before or have lived in houses, maybe they're, they're on their second or third house they've bought or something like that. It might be easier for them. But for us coming from an RV at 180 square foot into this house – We have some ideas of what we want long-term, but I I think you're totally right. I think, you know, especially when we think about kitchen configuration and master configuration, when we start tearing out walls and things, I I don't think we're set on anything.
0: Yeah. And And so like with the kitchen in particular, kind of our Botox level of what we're going to do initially is we're going to, we're planning to take out all of our upper cabinets. Our cabinets are in pretty rough shape. Yeah. And so I was going to just repaint them all, but I told Nick, I was like, I don't really want. I don't really want all those upper cabinets and I think that I would like floating shelves but I don't really know that for sure so getting to do it this way I can take out all those old kind of crappy cabinets try out the floating shelves and see how I like that and then when we do like our big time kitchen renovation. I'll know whether I want all floating shelves or some upper cabinets and some floating shelves, or you know, no floating shelves. Or I can feel that out and see yep. how I like that. Like maybe they look super disorganized all the time, or maybe I super love them. Like I don't, I don't know.
1: And ultimately, you know, a big theme that we talk about all the time on this podcast is maintaining flexibility, and that's all this is because what it's going to allow us to do is, hey, we can spend a few hundred dollars to you know, or maybe a little bit more than that, but to to tear out the current uppers, put in some floating shelves and try it out. Yeah. And worst case scenario, we decide we hate that. And when we do the real kitchen upgrade, we'll put in uppers. But on the flip side, if we just did it all right now, and then we realized we hated it, We'd it be, would be pretty painful, <laughs> to would be really painful to go back and redo it. It would be really painful to go back and redo it because it would yeah. be a lot more money that you would be, you know, then, then tearing apart.
0: It does kind of feel like a jigsaw puzzle, though, because it's been like it's been working through that process of like, OK, we're not going to overhaul it right now. So we're going to kind of do this level of things. But how do we want to do that level of things? And then, like, I started looking on Amazon and found that because, uh, like, right now our vent hood is, like, tied into the cabinets. Mm-hmm. So if I get rid of our upper cabinets, we've got to get another vent hood. But you can get a vent hood on Amazon for like a couple of hundred dollars. Is it my dream vent hood? No, but does it look updated and like way nicer than what's currently there? Totally. And could I like work with that and really make it something that we would like and enjoy until we're ready to kind of overhaul things? Absolutely. So it's just fun. It's kind of fun working through those constraints and figuring out how to do it in a way that we're really going to enjoy now. And so it, it doesn't bother us to, to use the house for a while until we're able to like really overhaul things.
1: Yep. So to, to kind of, um, put a close on what we thought we were going to do and get into what, what we actually ended up starting to do. The main thing for you to remember listening is we were basically just going to paint the outside and then we were going to come inside and go room by room by room and just like hardcore on each room. And, that's not at all what we're doing now, basically.
0: All right. And so the reality of of what's happened is that we've realized certain things make sense at certain times. Yes. And you can't always plan ahead as to what's going to make sense in the moment, or at least we couldn't. Um, we didn't see some things coming. So... Our first kind of surprise was we needed to have a big stump removed from the yard in order to get the airstream into the backyard. Yep. And so once we got the stump removal guys out there, well, we also had these like six huge pine trees. Massive
1: pine trees. And like at least three of them out of the six looked precarious. Yeah.
0: Like they were leaning and... Not great. Yep.
1: And remember, we've moved to an area where hurricanes happen. So yes. We... And the first house that we tried
0: to buy had pine trees fall on it. Right. This house had a pine tree fall in the front yard. It did not fall on the house, but it had had some trees fall. Um, and so we really wanted to get those pine trees out before the next hurricane season. Mm-hmm. So once we get these stump removal guys out there... We get him to go ahead and give us a quote to get the pine trees down. Yeah. And it ended up being a good bit more reasonable than we expected. Yeah. But it was still expensive.
1: Yeah. they. I mean, we can just say, like, they, they were going to charge us $4,500 to cut down all six trees, grind all the stumps, and get them out. Which... But our
0: neighbor told us that, like, right after, we, we kind of got them. They were guys from out of town who had yep. come in to clean up after the hurricane. And they were about to head back to South Carolina um, our neighbor got trees removed right after the hurricane. And what did he say he paid? He said it was
1: like eight grand for about the same amount of trees. Yeah. And so, I mean, we thought we were getting a steal and honestly we were expecting I was expecting it to be ten thousand dollars plus. And so when they told me forty five hundred and it was one of those things where it was they like They were already there. Where they're already there. And we, you know, we had a set budget that we basically could throw at the house in our first month. We had saved up enough to down payment, get in the house, and then plus, here's our initial budget. That 4500 was going to take up a significant portion of it, which would mean we would have to delay. not do some other things and delay some other things. But it was like, we can get these out now. It's going to tear up the yard because it had to bring in all its equipment.
0: Well, and I underestimated just how much was going to tear up the yard. Yep. Now that I've seen that, I'm especially glad that we got it done because it would have been very upsetting to put any work into our yard at all whatsoever and then have these have trees have that done removed. Next year. Um, But the other thing was we had had um, other people who have lived there for a longer time tell us, like, you know, normally the city is pretty strict about when you have trees removed. They don't like you taking down trees. Like, they love their trees. You have to, like, go get a
1: permit and, you know, all that stuff.
0: But they were like, now that Hurricane Sally has just come through and everybody's had all these trees fall down and, like, I mean, in our area, there were tons of houses damaged significantly by trees falling. And so, like... All of that was out the window. Like you, you can just do whatever you want with your trees right now. Um, and so from that perspective, it also made sense yeah, to go ahead and it. get them out. Um, so, yeah, that was the, that was kind of the first thing that that kind of threw our plans for a loop. After that, we still decided to tackle painting the outside of the house because like, yeah, paint's expensive and you have to buy a lot of it. And it's also
1: wintertime, so it's like you don't want to paint in the dead summer, especially yeah. down the south where it's really hot and sticky.
0: Yeah. So like winter time for us is the time to paint. Um and again, it's like for the amount of money, it's a really high impact yeah. thing and it and it really updates our house. Like our house looked pretty darn dated yeah. on the outside. Um, so we started painting the house, and we got probably about halfway through. <laughs> we got all of our brick painted, which was a significant part of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: three coats. So it was. It took a while.
0: Yeah. Um, and then with our yard being all torn up, we have certain a lot of our soil is like really nice and like you know the kind of like sandy, good dirt kind of stuff that people really want. But we do have some spots that are like hardcore red just mud. mud. Yeah. And so, our house. Especially
1: after all the tree guys got done, mm -hmm. like, because all the grass just got torn up. It's just all
0: torn up. Yep. Yep. So, we have like a big mud pit around our house. And um, we also don't have gutters. And so, water runs off the roof, and where it runs off, it pounds into the ground. Yep. So, these spots where we had red mud, when it would rain, you know, it runs off the roof, pounds into the red mud. And where does that red mud go? All over our white brick. And. So you
1: were so upset the first day that we saw it. Too. I know.
0: And so yeah. I went out and like I've, I've been going out and washing it off, but it stains. So like, I, you know, I've washed off the best that I can, but I'm going to have to like go back over our white paint and like touch up in these spots for sure. Um, so anyway, so we were like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to put gravel down to keep to keep our house from getting ruined. Like we just spent all this money on paint. We've put all this effort into painting and uh, it's going to look horrible unless we put gravel down.
1: And the way the house is, we basically knew, again, talking with my dad and sort of mapping out our long-term game plan, we knew, okay, eventually we're going to have to replace the roof in the next few years. When we do that, we may put gutters on or we can do like landscaping with a French drain around the house and run the water out that way. This sort of, hey, we just painted, we're getting mud up all all on the house, it's staining the brick. This helped us kind of make that decision and say, great, okay, so let's just go ahead and do like gravel around the whole house right now, so that when the water hits the gravel, it gets dispersed, it doesn't splatter, it's fine. And then in a couple of years, when we replace the roof, we'll do gutters, that way we can run all the water out the way it needs to go. Yeah. So what do we do? Well, we look at our budget. <laughs> And we go look at gravel, which is not cheap. And we took a measuring tape and we calculated all the gravel we needed all the way around the house. And um, you know how people say like, oh, oh, we bought a ton of gravel. Um, I've told a couple of people that like meaning it in a, um, you know, like, oh, it's a lot. No, literally we bought 17 tons. Of of gravel. gravel. (laughs) We had a dump truck come and dump off 17 tons in our front yard uh, of gravel. And now we're hand shoveling it with a wheelbarrow all the way around the house. It
0: was really funny when they delivered it. Like, she, it was this lady who came to deliver it. And she starts, you know, lifting up the dump truck and like the first little part of the load comes out but I can't see all the way into the dump (laughs) truck yet and so you know it's just barely lifting up and I'm like oh okay that's that's not that bad that's a manageable amount of gravel well then as it continues to lift up I see that the entire dump truck is still full of gravel I was like oh crap like what (laughs) have we just done (laughs) oh gosh
1: so now for the past Weeks and weeks, like we've just been outside. The house is still halfway painted because we are now landscaping around the outside with all of our gravel to keep the water. And, well, like, we all started that stuff putting done. out
0: gravel, and yep. we had some pavers that were already at the house. Yep. Um, and they're not pretty pavers, but they were like fine. We were like, yep. we can we can use these. We can make them work once we clean them. They won't look bad. Um, so we started laying out gravel with those, but then we quickly ran out of those and realized we had nowhere close to enough to make level gravel beds. Yeah. So the way that we wanted to kind of step them down and do them in little level because we're on segments. Because
1: like a sloped hill lot yeah. of hill.
0: Um, and so we could have just run one long gravel bed that would have like sloped and looked really crappy. Yep. And then eventually washed away. Yep. Um, if we didn't do pavers. So we could have done that, but neither one of us wanted to do that. We were like, okay, well, at this point, we've put a thousand dollars into gravel we are out here like breaking our backs to do all this stuff you know like we're leveling out the dirt we're laying out the landscaping fabric we're you know trying to put down the gravel in a way that looks good so we're like let's we need to get pavers and we need to build up some like little paver walls and like actually make this look good yep
1: so we bought 450 pavers <laughs> for like six hundred bucks, uh, and now we're putting pavers out everywhere. To and go. we probably
0: need another load like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know that we need that many, but we need we needed another another probably full pallet.
0: Yeah, yeah. So three hundred and seventy eight. Yeah, three hundred seventy eight feet exact. Yeah. So,
1: um, so yeah. So I mean, honestly, that's kind of where we're at. Is we're just focusing on getting the landscaping into some sort of manageable place where we don't have a mud pit around the house. And it looks halfway decent. So I'm hoping that over the next month, we'll be able to knock most of that out, get the house finished, painted, and then finally move inside, you know, sometime in January. Yeah.
0: And I'm not trying to like bore anybody with the details, but just just to kind of show the way we've been having to think through this and how it's hard to think through how it makes sense, we're eventually going to have to do some grading to the yard um, and without like boring you with too many details it has to do with like the master edition that we're going to do and how we want that to be able to open out into the backyard Mm -hmm. and like some different things and how we want to be able to set the airstream up so eventually grading has to happen and if we were going to do grading It probably made sense to do that at the same time that we were going to do French drains and stuff and figure out how the water was going to be. Diverted. Yeah. Because, again, you don't want to, like, divert your water to where you're messing up your neighbor's stuff. Right. And so just figuring all that out. All that was above our level of knowledge and uh, definitely would have required us bringing in.
1: Hiring somebody. Yeah.
0: Um, And so, again, it was looking at it and going, okay, well, we can we can help with the problem now by doing, like, landscape gravel and pavers. And then if we do gutters when we redo our roof, then that will help with our drainage issues. Mm-hmm. And then we can do grading with without any of that interfering. Yeah. Like, we can we do can, grading
1: whenever the budget and whenever yes. the timing works out.
0: And it, it won't mess up our landscaping. Yep. Like, we, we, can, we can work with all that. So it's just... There's always like multiple options of how to do things and figuring out which of those options makes sense for the timeline that you want to do things in. It's just, it's like a puzzle.
1: It is. It's like a puzzle. So, So now basically we are spending a lot more time doing landscaping and the exterior of the house because of really because of ultimately we decided to start with paint is what it comes down to yep um and we're still happy with that decision but it just you know all these sort of other things fell into place because
0: our yard again i underestimated how messy our yard was not just from the the trees being torn up but this house was rented for 10 years before we bought it and so the landscaping had been seriously neglected And um, I I think even just looking at it, you know, you underestimate the amount of work that's Mm going to it's going to take to just clean that up. Yeah um so that has been like a huge thing and a, a big piece of the time uh, yeah i mean the, hard, the hardest
1: part honestly has been we you don't have to get into all all this but the hardest part has been moving the azaleas yeah uh, we've got we got all these azaleas in the front of the house that we've been moving uh part they're laid out funny they're laid they out real funny yeah. they don't look right and they're also in the way of how we needed to put the airstream in yep. there and so um we just been digging and pickaxing like
0: and trying to put them in the backyard we're yeah. kind of create a little privacy deal back there. So that's just taking a lot of time. Yeah, it has.
1: So we're going to, you know, basically do all the landscaping, the outside stuff first, which is what we thought we were going to do last. Yeah. And then we'll move inside. And even the way we're going to do the inside, uh, the phrasing you've been using is basically get like a foundational level of each room. Kind of get it functioning Still go somewhat room to room, but instead of going like, we're going to make this room 100% what we want. We're going to make this
0: room really pretty.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going to be like, no, let's like throw a coat of paint on, get a rug, get a couch, next room.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, We'll come back and do the we'll details come back. later. Uh,
1: and so we're, you know, long term, we want to put in a fireplace in the living room. That's not going to happen for a long time. Uh, you know, so we're not going to do 100% of everything. We're still going to, I think, work room by room by room by room.
0: To a certain degree. But it's yeah. not
1: going to be to the 100% level.
0: Yeah. And that's that's a challenge for me because I like to complete things. So I like to complete one thing and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. that's like getting part of the way through the paint and then switching over to landscaping has like driven me insane. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like having to every put my blinders. You, every on. time you pull up, we've
1: got like, like <laughs> the the brick is white half of the wood is green half of the wood is tan the door has two different shades of paint on it because we were testing things out i know i was so trying it's, to decide
0: which one i liked it's god <laughs> bless our neighbors but they're so nice they always <laughs> walk by and they're like oh no y'all are making great progress it's faster than you think it is i'm like mm-hmm. god bless you for saying that yeah okay so from all of that let's kind of highlight our 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 takeaway from this experience of working through these particular projects?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the first one is that it's not it's not been nearly as linear as we thought it was going to be. You know, we laid out this perfect game plan of uh, we're going to do this and this and this and this. And, you know, honestly, uh, if RV Life taught us anything, it should be that nothing is linear and very few things go according to how you think they're going to go. And so I, I think I think in some ways we sort of knew that, but I still think we were surprised at just how differently this has gone.
0: Yeah. I think we had a better hand. We thought we had a better handle on like the order that things would make sense. We felt confident, like,
1: oh, we're going to do it this way. Yeah. You know, and ultimately it just didn't work out that way. And, you know, some of the other things too, and we talked about this on a couple episodes ago with holiday spending, but, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with like time of year and timing things. And so, you know, coming from the RV, we. Don't own anything, right? So we immediately bought uh, a washer and dryer was our first purchase, and then we've had to buy a bunch of tools because we're doing a lot of the work ourselves. Yes, tools are expensive, and ultimately it will save us money because we're doing the work ourselves rather than paying someone else. But they're still expensive. We've spent looking at the budget. We've spent nearly two thousand dollars on tools. Now that includes a lawnmower, and it includes a lot of stuff. But you know, it's it's a significant portion of our budget. Part of that was buying that DeWalt set because, hey, we just so happen to be be buying a house during the holidays, which means that there's an amazing Black Friday deal for this amazing DeWalt set. We were going to need a couple of those tools in that set. We've already used a couple of them. And buying them piecemealed at full price, like three plus a battery would have been the price of the full 10-piece set that we got on Black Friday. Yeah, And we'll use all those pieces over the course of the next year. So it made sense to go ahead and pull the trigger on that set. Yeah. Even though – it was initially more money right this minute than it would have been if I would have just bought the one or two pieces that I needed right now.
0: But that one purchase allowed us to do a lot. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. And even like when we were doing our pavers, it turned out that we needed a piece out of that to be able to cut our yeah, pavers. Yeah, that we weren't expecting. Yep. Yep. So so that has definitely been a good purchase.
1: So it's definitely it's not as linear as you kind of think it's going to be. You know, we got in there and we realized uh, and we have some not fun purchases, right? Like we had to buy a new toilet in the master. When we had the inspection done, the toilet appeared to be working. So, we weren't thinking we were going to have to replace toilets, but turns out the master needed a new toilet. And so there's a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So, you know, you get in and you you kind of just have to know we think it's going to be this way. Let's create a plan, but then we've got to be flexible.
0: Yeah, you kind of compared it to like plugging the holes in a in a ship, and that's definitely the phase that we're in right now. Yep. Like uh, you know, Okay, what what do we need to do to keep this ship from sinking? Yes, and then we can go back around and it's do like, the fun really stuff. We really want to
1: build it's was, it was like a mast. I don't know. If this metaphor is getting out there. It's like <laughs> a ship mast. Like we really want to build a new one of these. But right now, this ship is sinking, and we need to plug some holes. So let's plug the holes. Then we'll worry about building the new, uh, the new deck or whatever.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the other highlight that we wanted, uh, wanted to talk about was the fine line between the Diderot effect, which we did a whole episode on, uh, and legitimately needing to do something is because of what you've already done. Yep. So as a quick recap, if you're not familiar with the Diderot effect, it basically um, has to do with when you get something new, um, you will want to do something else that you know tangentially relates to that so when you get a new pair of nice shoes for example you might feel so pumped about your new shoes but all of your other clothes now yeah, now your now ugly your pants look and dated. Like dated compared to your new shoes yep. so you've got to get a new pair of pants mm-hmm. to go with those new shoes and then when you do that like you're gonna need a shirt you're gonna need a shirt and a belt you know and all this Anyways, other stuff yeah. so that's the ditero effect but then just like what we we're talking about with the gravel how do you know? Okay, is this just the Diderot effect of us just like, well, we got this rug. We really need a new couch yeah. with it.
0: Our, our paint looks great, but our landscaping is going to look super ugly. Yeah.
1: So, like, how do you draw that fine line between slipping into that and busting your budget versus no, like legit, we need to get gravel so that our paint isn't ruined.
0: And I, I think, I think the main thing that helps us in that area. And again, this is something that we talked about before we bought a house and we were both on the same page with, it was like, we are not going, we're buying this house, we're taking out a mortgage, we're not going into debt to renovate. Yeah. And we were both on the same page. That was like a hard
1: line um, of a constraint that we were going to stay within. Yes.
0: And so when we're in the middle of these things, if our paint is getting ruined and we need gravel, but there we... Legit don't have money in the budget to buy gravel Well guess what mud gets to splash up On the paint for another month or two Until we have money in the budget for gravel Thankfully we had enough of a buffer That we could do our gravel and stuff now but we are delaying other things, like we waited a little bit longer to um, buy a refrigerator.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're still using bungee cords on our fridge. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so we, you know, we've we've adjusted our timeline for other things. Um, but again, it does it does help give you that check of like, okay, is this actually a priority? Because if I do this, I'm going to have to delay these other things well, that I want. And
1: it's like our kitchen table. I mean, we are we are currently working both office table and kitchen table on. Those plastic white folding tables that we traveled in the Airstream with.
0: It pains me for our house to look as ugly as it does right now. It looks bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Our current current living room, our current setup right now is um, we have folding chairs, a folding table. We have a tiny little baby TV. Next to a tiny 12-inch Christmas tree sitting on our empty toilet box that we got from Lowe's. That's our TV stand and, and tree stand. Uh, it's special. And that's that's what we're doing right now. Because yep. we put all the money in the gravel and pavers.
0: Yep. So I just have to go outside and look at our gravel and pavers, which unfortunately still look like crap right now because we're not finished. So, But eventually when those get done, I'll just go out there and just look at it and just be at peace. So I, I think... That,
1: that perfectly segues into the third highlight that we wanted to bring out, which is the importance of having those cash reserves and just continually reassessing things. And so, again, like I said, at the beginning of this whole process, we knew, hey, we've got, you know, this much money to, to put into the house immediately. And then going forward, we'll have, you know, Y amount of dollars uh, – to do on a monthly basis. So additional, hey, now we got this much this month. Each month we have a new budget of whatever. And so we knew this is our budget, and we outlined a few things we thought we were going to do, and then we had to divert. But having those cash reserves was so – so. In- I think it's so important for our own sanity to be able to come in. Totally and do it. It totally is.
0: It totally – because there's always more involved with the project than you think there's going to be. Yep. So, and I think we all know that, and we just need to – it's just – actually making your, yourself plan for that. So I think two last takeaways that I have that are kind of overarching um, is is just embracing the process mm-hmm. and being okay with it being a slower process than maybe yes. you want it to be. Um, and Joanna Gaines in her book, Homebody, she talks about um, furnishing your house slowly. And, and I do think that there's a lot of positives that come out of that. You know, like you wait to buy things until you actually figure out what you like in your house and also just like what functions well for you and your family. Um, So I think that's a big, a big pro to doing things that way. Um, And just not being afraid of your house being a little bit empty for a little while. That's okay. Like it's okay for it not to be totally decked out. It's going to take you a little time to do that and really make it look the way you want it to look. I'm preaching to myself here. Um, And then the other takeaway is just how important it is to continually be Talking if you're married continually be talking to and dreaming with your spouse because it really does just make it where you're on the same page And so I think even things Nick and I find ourselves being aligned on a lot of things that we've never talked about specifically But are maybe tangentially related to other things that we have talked about Mm -hmm. And so even even like like I said earlier, you know, we're not going into debt to fix up this house We're both there. We're both aligned i'm not pressuring you to do something that you don't want to do you're not pressuring me to do something that i don't want to do and then even from the perspective of the amount of time and energy and money that we're putting into the house to fix it up we're both on both on point there too yeah um and we're both happy for our free time to be going to that and we're tackling it as a team and we're enjoying working on it together we're not like bitter at each other or frustrated or or whatever not not to say that we don't get worn down because we do um but at the end of the day, like we're on the same page with those things. Yeah,
1: no, I I, I think that's spot on. Um, and I think it's it's recognizing just like in budgeting and like we've talked about you know, before, it's recognizing that you both have to give and take a little bit. Because if I had bought a house by myself, like let's say I wasn't married and I was just like a bachelor and I was just like buying a house for me, um, I would definitely do things in a different order. And you would probably do them in a different order as well. Um, and so I, I think to me it's recognizing that there's give and take on both ends because mm-hmm. I may decide I really, I really want us to still attack this, you know, it don't have to be first, but I want it to be high up on the list because it matters to me. Yeah. And you've said the same thing. And so us both just being willing to give and take a little bit um on the on the way that we're approaching it
0: totally yep and so if you if you are if you're really taking care of your communication and everything that is going to set set you up for success and not just like your budget but anything that y'all are having to do whether it's projects or like handling a crisis or whatever like we cannot overstate the importance of being in a regular habit of communicating well with each other and just dreaming and being on the same page with where you want your life to go
1: mm-hmm. so before we wrap up, um, I want to ask one last question, which is, what do you think the hardest part has been of this whole process so far?
0: I think to me, the hardest part has been kind of what we touched on earlier, um, not being able to do things in a totally linear way. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a completionist. I don't know that that's actually a word, but I am that. I want to complete the thing that I'm working on and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and so embracing, embracing the fact that, no, I'm going to have to leave the house half painted while we tackle this landscaping, and then I'll come back to painting the house. Yeah. That's been hard, but I think it's good for me.
1: No, I, I think that's right. Um, I think, I mean, the reason I even asked the question is, I think most of the time with stuff like this, if you can voice it, and you can just like give a name to what's giving you trouble like that immediately already makes it a little bit easier to embrace and deal with. Yeah.
0: What about you? What do you think the
1: hardest thing is? Uh so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to cheat and give you two. <laughs> so uh one would be um just balancing of time because this this house it was built in the 60s. We very much so bought a fixer upper. It's it's a marathon here, but I want to sprint on certain things. Yep. And so balancing out like you know, I need to be working on the business. The business, I mean, if if anybody listening to this, you go look at our YouTube channel, we haven't put out a video in like three months. Yeah. Um, that has taken a back seat and it's been in large part due to this house process. Um, and so like that weighs on me. Yeah. And and balancing, like I wanna get the house to a place that we feel good and like comfortable and and are happy with it, but we also have to like Work. work on the business <laughs> we have yep. to put and put the business forward you know yep. so um that's, i think
0: especially with the outside stuff that's been really hard yes because like, you're
1: limited with daylight
0: yep so we need to paint during the day and if it's a day when it's not raining hey like we need to paint it's a good paint day yeah, yeah.
1: so it it's um to me the balancing has been has been the hardest part um the second hardest part i was going to say is also embracing and i think we're we're you know, decent at this because, uh, we've done this our whole life for the most part, but, um, embracing the fact that other people won't necessarily understand why you don't what you done. Um, and so even as little as like, oh, we want to come over and see your new place or, um, you know,
0: and you're like, you okay, come over and see our war zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so
1: it's like, it's just embracing that like, yeah, this is the purchase we made. Uh, it may not be the house that you would like. Um, and it looks like garbage right now because everything's a complete wreck. Um, you know, here it is. A- and and just being okay with that uh, and being okay with the fact that other people may not understand what you've done, um, which is a continual theme we talk about all the time. But I just think it, it's worth bringing up again that recognizing, hey, this is what you and I wanted this is what we talked about and it's what makes sense for us other people may not get it
0: totally and that's fine yeah other people might not like what you like but we like what we like so <laughs> let's talk about stuff we like <laughs>
1: All right, Hannah, what are we uh, What are we liking right
0: now? We are liking the Dadville podcast mm-hmm. with, I never felt like I say his name right, John McLaughlin mm-hmm. and Dave Barnes. Yeah. And also, we're looking forward to the online Dave Barnes Christmas concert. Yes. Because last year we went in person. It was awesome. Dave
1: Barnes is the best. He's like, he's so funny and he's so nice and his music is phenomenal. Um, his Christmas concert hands down easily the best concert i've ever been it was really good
0: he's also you he just seems like the real deal he does a great job of like highlighting other artists too and um giving them a lot of time on stage and that's that's something that a lot of them really praised him for and we're like this is really rare for like a headliner to to give other people a stage is is something he's a special he's
1: legit so he's doing a virtual christmas concert this year and we're excited to do the virtual thing
0: yep All right, you want to give us a quick uh, wrap-up summary? Yeah, I think, um, you know,
1: I think if there's one takeaway from this whole thing, it would be, especially if you're married, the importance of communication and dreaming together, and that being the foundation of making a lot of stuff work, whether it's a renovation, whether it's your finances in general, um, tackling projects together, going through a pandemic together, like, as much uh, open communication as possible, I think... Um, is the key. I don't think we could have gotten through this and and could continue going through this um, without that. And so I I think that, and then, you know, hey, life is not linear and you just got to kind of roll with it. Um, Make a plan, build a budget, but then be flexible because I think, um, if anything, this house project has taught us uh, and has been a reminder of, hey, this is sort of just a metaphor for how life goes yep so that's it today uh as always thank you so so much for listening we really appreciate it and we will see you next week